From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. What a weekend. Holy smokes. Good you're uh, back with us. Good to be here in Studio B as we start a new week of programming for you. And uh, certainly a different feel on this Monday as we begin our week of podcast here on the Black and Blue Report. John DeShazer's there, and I'm Sean Kelly, and producer Dan's across the desk. And uh, a bit of a different mood this morning <laughs> around town after the uh, dramatic loss, unfortunately, for the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Um, but the Pelicans win over the weekend. LSU wins over the weekend. Tulane wins a thriller over the weekend. They're now one win away from being bowl eligible. We'll talk more about the Greenies later on this week. The same goes for the Tigers, but today certainly... Our focus is on the uh, Saints, Patriots, and the Pelicans, to say the least. In general, though, JD. By the way, first of all, welcome back. Always good to be here. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, in general, what a weekend! What a day yesterday in sports. Yeah, it was it was something. Um, you know, I was trying to follow the Pelicans uh, online with you guys, and uh, thanks for the tweets. By the way, <laughs> keep me updated to see them just you know really kicking Atlanta's fanny. And uh, and then to top it off with a, a a good NFL game. I mean, the, the Saints don't end up winning the game, but man, I, there was so much good to take from the game, considering they didn't play particularly well, and yet it might have been one of their better games of the season, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Just from the the resilience they showed in the game. I mean, they really fought and, and had an opportunity to win that game. And I mean, you know, right at the end, you feel like they're gonna be able to take it and you know, steal it or however you want to categorize it. And, and New England, you know, Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. I mean, he comes up with, you know, a Hall of Famer comes up with a great drive to lead his team to, to a win. But, yeah, it was a great day, man. I mean, it was it was full of action all day long. No doubt. Uh, and, of course, we're going to break down a little bit more about the uh, Saints game from yesterday here in a second. But, you know, I started my day with a little prayer, J.D., today. I lowered my head and I said, Dear Lord, please, please, Keep me away from any fan of Boston sports teams. Oh, goodness. Because, dear Lord, they will be perhaps unbearable to be around. Because well, not only does Tom Brady do his thing to the Saints yesterday, then Big Poppy last night hits the Grand Slam and lifts Boston in what seemingly was a done deal, lock it down, Tigers are going up 2-0 in that series, and the Red Sox come back to win it even at, at a game apiece. So today... Today, dear Lord, please keep me clear of all Boston sports fans. Now, does that mean you got to stay away from Lou in the Peanut Gallery? Um, yeah, big poppy, so, <laughs> big poppy. <laughs> you know, and and now that you think about it, I mean, because New England kind of same fashion. I mean, two games that you know you feel like are done. Uh, I know the Red Sox were pretty much getting up for dead. And and look, there were fans streaming out of Gillette Stadium like someone had dropped a stink bomb hat somewhere in there. I mean, they were gone by the time Brady engineers is winning TD drive because they felt like when he threw that interception to Keenan Lewis, they felt like it was over. And so 
they were gone. I mean, just, you know, in the parking lot, maybe listening to the game on their radios, maybe outside drinking, who knows. But they had vacated the premises, exit stage left. And so for him to be able to steal it, and then Big Poppy comes later, like you said, and it's a grand slam to tie the game. Jeez, I mean, that's, you know, there are ways to lose, and there are ways to lose. And, I mean, that's the kind of loss that could really just kind of crack Detroit. I mean, that's one of those that could last for five days. And, that's and you know, Sean Payton mentioned that after the Saints lost yesterday. You know, he was like, okay, the way they ended up losing, it stings, and you don't want it to carry over. It's probably a good time to have a bye for the Saints. And uh, I, I guess the, the the Tigers probably wish they had a bye sometime this week too. Yeah, well, they get Verlander on the mound in game three, so I think that they'll – and they'll be at home. So I do like their chances of – yeah. of moving past that. Uh, let's see, what else? So the Cardinals up 2-0 on the Dodgers. That was the other side of baseball. Um, Carolina makes a statement yesterday, at least in the NFC South, and whoops up on Minnesota pretty good. Matt Schaub gets booed after he gets hurt, leaving Houston. The Texans deal is starting now to rival the Tampa Bay mess in the NFL, and Denver keeps on rolling. So th- this is why we love the NFL, because now you've got – the parody thing now works into all these other off-the-field dramatic storylines as well. It only sets up now a great second third of the season. If you realize, and I know you do, you know, you're know you now one-third of the way in, yeah. a long way to go, and so many stories out there in the NFL right now. It's yeah. great stuff. Yeah, really the only division that right now almost seems pretty much settled would be the, uh, would be the NFC South. With the Saints ahead of everybody, you know, by but you know by Lentz and Miles, but I mean even Denver six and zero, but Kansas City's running neck and neck. They're six and zero also, yep. and if Kansas City plays that kind of defense, they got ten sack ten sacks yesterday. Where does that happen outside of Rouse's in Oakland? <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, right. that's true. You know, but ten sacks yesterday. So I mean, you, if they can do something like that, if they can do something like that against Denver, and if you know if you can harass Peyton Manning, you know, you give yourself a chance. So, yeah, it's, it's been, you know, but the parody is, is amazing in the NFL. This is, you know, the vision of Pete Rozelle. Remember, you know, the old commissioner. This was his vision. Everybody, any given Sunday. So now any given Sunday you've got, you know, teams who, you know, two and four and four and six and, you know, four and two. And, you know, everybody's just kind of in a mosh pit right there in the middle. And you've got your Denver and Kansas City and, and Saints five and one and, and New England five and one at the top. And then you've got a bunch of teams in the middle who are just fighting it out. It's good stuff, and the uh, Rouse's joke uh, hit me like there's a delayed <laughs> thing there. Um, all right, so today's program, uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk to Pelican Center Greg Steamsma. Get to know Greg just a little bit more. Uh, I started calling him the Steamer yesterday. So he said that actually that wasn't that new of a nickname. It wasn't new, but it isn't hasn't been used very long. So the Steamer. Well, I'm glad we got something from him because I I recall last season calling him Stimsma. Now maybe it's yeah. just, you know am I you know okay I was I was thinking I was like mistaken. No, no. And when I asked him how to pronounce his name, he said Stimsma, and I was like, wasn't it Stimsma last year? You know, so you know it's like is, tomato tomato. Well, yeah, it so, is. Yeah, uh, yeah. but it, you know he's the guy, so he says Stimsma, so we're gonna go with that. Right. So, you know, hopefully he can give the Pelicans some minutes at the center position and and you know just eat up some space. Block a couple of shots, get a couple of rebounds. Uh, from what I've seen and heard so far, he's not going to have to score a whole lot because they got people who can put the ball in the basket. So if he can just, you know, fill his role, he should be fine. 4-0 in the preseason, the Pelicans. We'll talk more about their win yesterday uh, a little bit later in this show as well. And then we'll wrap up the show today. Our final two segments will feature 
the uh, best of Sean Payton, I guess. We'll take the uh, the meat of his Monday morning presser today, which will be about 11.45 a.m. You'll be hearing this show, obviously, later today, but that's when Sean Payton is to meet with the media this uh, Monday and also to set up the bye week. Uh, I think it probably comes at a pretty good time. At first, I was, I was really down on the fact that you'd be taking a loss on your shoulders into the bye week, but I think, actually, it may come at the right time. So, Steamsma, Sean Payton, and uh, and a little more about uh, yesterday's games. Real quick before we go to the break, let me uh, let's get started with our kind of our mini breakdown of the Saints game yesterday in New England. Uh, here's Drew Brees uh, talking about the uh, how tough the loss is in general because of what John talked about because it was such a dynamic football game yesterday and you had a chance to really get a big one on the road. This one's difficult because you certainly felt like you had a chance. You know, um, uh, Coming in at halftime 17-7, uh, you know, we weren't discouraged at all, although we knew we hadn't played our best football in the first half. Uh, we felt like if we just kept hammering away that, that we'd, we'd find a way to, to win. Um, Lord knows we had our chances you know, at the end there. Um, I know this, you can't, you can't give Tom Brady in that offense you know, three chances at a, at a two-minute drill. So you know, for us offensively, um, you know, you sit there and rack your brain about, man, we just needed to get one first down um, so that we could have you know, put ourselves in a position to run out the clock or, or at least got the clock down so far that it would have been nearly impossible to come back. All right, so that's Drew Brees. We're going to hear more from the Saints quarterback when we come back from a quick timeout, and then we'll also uh, launch our conversation about yesterday's game against the Atlanta Hawks on the Pelican side. With John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. Black and Blue Report continues right after this. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans as we tip off the 2013-14 season with a lineup headlined by All-Star Drew Holiday, former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans, and Anthony Davis. With the release of the five-game flex plan, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see All-Star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. 
there are few things in life that I enjoy more than rubbing things in the face of Cubs fans collectively. But, uh, J.D., I wanted to remind everyone, and I'm glad that Daniel wrote this note for me, uh, today is the 10-year anniversary of the Steve Bartman foul ball incident. That poor dude. That poor dude. You saw the, you saw the 30 for 30 Oh, on I him. did. That I did. was yeah. – now, <laughs> you know – it's not like I mean that's a cursed franchise, obviously, but it's not like that dude cost them that game or that series. No. And to just pin it all on one dude, and I mean he looks helpless. You know he he looks like the I'm, you know the headphones and the hat. Well, you're and making the, it worse. You, you know. I mean he just looked helpless. I mean I I the more I see the thing, the more I feel for the guy. It's like. You know, it's like beating up on a guy who's just helpless. Okay, what you know, you could have actually made a pitch and won the next game. You know, that was allowed. You know, there was no rule against that. As far as I know, there was no law against that. So to blame it all on the one dude, man, that's like blaming it on the cow. Exactly. <laughs> but I still like to kick it or kick the sand <laughs> into the face of Joe Cubs. Ask you Cardinals guys. See, I, that's know, what I, that know. Is. I know. Ten, year, ten years ago today. Time does fly. All right, back to our conversation about the Saints. Welcome back into the Black and Blue Report. The uh, senior writer from NewOrleansaints.com, John DeShazer, is here. Um, J.D., if, uh, if anyone would have said going into Sunday's game that the Patriots would uh, shut out Jimmy Graham, hold Colston to a catch, and keep Sproles pretty much under wraps, you'd think not only would the Patriots win, but it'd probably be a blowout. And here... It went down to the final ticks, five seconds left for them to win by three. That just also kind of plays into how thoroughly entertaining this game was and how many different layers were involved. Yeah, um, you know, the Saints showed, you know, some very good diversity, some depth. Uh, three guys scored the first NFL touchdowns of their career. Traveris, Cadet, Kyrie Robinson, excuse me, and also Kenny Stills. All three of those guys scored huge touchdowns on the road in New England, the first of their career. And the Saints, again, are in position to win the game. Um, you know, they get outgained. Um, they lose the time of possession by about four minutes. New England runs 20 more plays than the Saints. And they're right there. You know, they were a, a pass deflection a pass breakup away from winning the game and I guess you know if you look at it statistically it might have been a situation where you know okay are they are they even you know deserving of winning the game from from, the, from that standpoint but I mean they played a great second half uh, figured out some things with New England and yeah New England was fantastic in terms of taking away Jimmy Graham and taking away Marcus Colston and saying okay beat me another way if you if you can and and Drew Brees and Sean Payton and Rob Ryan in that second half figured out a way to beat him another way and 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 again it comes down to a Hall of Fame quarterback constructing a Hall of Fame type drive I mean you know people can say well you know the middle of the field's open and you know maybe you ought to get more pressure and blah 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 but look Tom Brady is a Hall of Fame bound quarterback for a reason you know, he is a guy who has done this time and again, and not just to the Saints. And certainly, you know, there's a reason they're 33-3 and three at home over the last 36 games. It ain't by happenstance. You know, it ain't because he's cute, even though I'm sure all the ladies think he's cute. But, you know, it ain't because he's just a good-looking dude. You know, the guy can actually play ball. And, and they put together one of those drives and, and, and one of those situations where, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, every now and then you hear a coach say, you know, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other team. Yesterday might have been one of those times where you just got to tip your cap to the other team. Kind of that's what Drew Brees said also with regard to how the Patriots took Jimmy Graham out of the Saints offensive mix. 
it seemed like they were matching Tlaib uh, on him uh, early, and then that seemed to be pretty consistent. And, and uh, um, you know, obviously at, at times, depending on the situation and maybe the personnel group, you know, they, they did some things to Jimmy or to some of the other guys. And listen, that's football. You know, you know they're going to have a plan for you in, in every situation, red zone, and um, you got to find ways to, to combat it. And to just kind of wrap things up about the Saints and Patriots, and we're not going deep dive here in depth, but one thing I have learned in being around Sean Payton and his staff now this season in a real in-depth way is these guys are stone-cold pros. And I will say this, I bet there will be some very frustrating moments in the film room on both sides of the ball um, and that they'll be looking to try and move forward after what, one camp would say that the offense had to get something done to prevent Brady from getting another chance. And then Rob Ryan's guys are going to say, well, we should have been able to, to, to finish it out too. So again, I, at least in my eyes, you tip your cap. You just got beat by a good football team and a hall of fame quarterback. But after getting to know Sean Payton and his staff a little bit, this is some hand wringing hours now as they get into the bye, and then we'll have to move forward. Yeah, those missed opportunities, these guys, they're going to be salty. Um, they're going to be, you know, a little testy because they know, you know, in a, in a bigger sense also that there was one that was there to be had that got away and the opportunity to go into the bye 6-0 and and to have what essentially is a, what, four-game lead in the NFC South would be, you know, to their advantage because, you know, you want to build up that equity because, you know, there are some tough times according to the schedule. Look at the schedule. There's some tough times brewing over the horizon for the Saints. And so to be able to stack up and build that equity and get some some wins in the bank, you know, never hurts. All right. So Greg Steams is still on the show today. And again, more football a little bit later, too. We'll get you the Monday morning presser with Saints head coach, Sean Payton. Before we get to Steamsman, though, a quick wrap-up about yesterday's game in Biloxi. By the way, first of all, it was great to be back on the Gulf Coast yesterday. Um, I don't make these decisions, and, and nor do, do they want to hear me talk about them, but I'd like to see the Pelicans play over there every preseason. And, and it may work, it may not, but um, it was a good walk-up crowd. It was a tough weekend to get a good crowd because you've had, obviously, the Saints going on on Sunday, but it was also cruising the Coast weekend over there, which is a huge weekend on the Gulf Coast. Um, but still, I thought it went very well, uh, and the play certainly, uh, in my eyes, was pretty good at times yesterday um, as the uh, Pelicans beat the Hawks yesterday, 105-73. Dominated really from the start. Anthony Davis looked awfully unguardable again, um, and he didn't play full-time minutes again. So it's kind of scary on perhaps what, what lies ahead. In fact, Monty Williams talked about that after the game yesterday, acknowledging that Anthony's had a good start to the preseason, but, but there are some more things that Davis certainly can do. He's got to keep working. You know, AD's got to move on to the next play, and that's something that's tough for young guys because the, the next play is your guy who's the best player in the world running down the floor to score on you. But he's, he, he's, he's doing what we thought he would do, but in, in flashes. You know, pretty soon he's going to be even more consistent than he is now. Head coach Monty Williams, and while Coach Williams, uh, I'm certainly, I think, was was happy that the team won because they're trying to build a winning culture over there on that side of the parking lot here on Airline Drive. Um, even with a dominant win on the scoreboard yesterday against the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Monty Williams had this to say, which I think caught a few people off guard following Sunday's win. I just told the guys that it's all white noise. You know, we got to get better. We turned the ball over 22 times, a number of defensive lapses. If you think about how many times. They finished at the basket tonight, um, and our weak side was hugging their man. We got a lot to work on, 
And I, I just told our guys, you can listen to the white noise, you can go to the carnival, you can eat the cheese, but we, we have a lot of work to do because we have a new group and we still have guys trying to figure it out. Uh, we have a couple guys that just don't play as hard as they need to play. You know, That team's going to be pretty good. They missed shots tonight. So, yeah, we're happy about the win, but absolutely nothing. we got a lot to work on. So, J.D., at least schedule-wise, you're halfway through the preseason, the games. You have four more to go, two more on the road this week, both, again, at non-NBA sites. But interesting challenges. Oklahoma City on Thursday, you'll play them at Tulsa. And then on Saturday, kind of a special deal at Lexington, Kentucky, as Darius Miller and Anthony Davis will make their return to U.K. on the Pelican side. They'll take on the Wizards, where John Wall will make his return to Lexington. And I think Washington's an interesting team that you only see twice a year that will help you continue to gauge on where you are. Yeah, they're going to pack that place out in Washington. Is a good veteran team with some good bigs. You know, we know uh, Emeka Okafor, I think, might be out, and, and Nene. Uh, so, you know, that'll be a good challenge. But, I mean, I guess, you know, those guys are going to be really excited about getting back on that campus in Lexington. Uh, I would imagine there's going to be a packed-out house. And, uh, you know, my for myself – I can't wait to lay eyes on the Pelicans uh, in, a, in a preseason or regular season, however I can get it, because, you know, having heard you uh, do a couple of games on the radio and seeing the tweets, I mean, I, I can't wait to see these guys because it looks just like a 180 from last year. And that's not to say, you know, that's not to kick, you know, last year around, but, I mean, this looks like a totally different, you know, brand of basketball and a totally different Anthony Davis leading the way. It is. It totally is. Both games will be on radio this week. Uh, all across the New Orleans Pelicans uh, radio network. Uh, and Lou uh, Schumann, our director of broadcasting, informs me I think that Thursday's game against the Thunder is on TV somewhere, direct TV. Okay. So you may have to do a little searching on that. Um, but there will be some television feed out there. Of course, I'm encouraging you to listen on the Pelicans radio network. Well, that just goes without being said. Uh, and with us playing on Thursday, no Monty Williams show. But we already told you that. We are way over time again. But... We are going to get right to Greg Steesman in just a moment. And still to come, Sean Payton. Quit laughing over there, Lou. Sean Payton's Monday Morning Presser, also on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes. And ask, how can you be a part of the action on Center Court? For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes, here we go. 
Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 diverges. Back on the Black and Blue Report this Monday, yesterday over there at Biloxi, the Pelicans improved to 4-0 in the preseason, and Greg Steensman got another start uh, from Monty Williams. Uh, coach was interesting after the game against the Hawks. I think he mixed in the good with the bad, but it seems like he's trying to keep you all very focused right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, in this situation, when you win a game like that, um, definitely it's easy to look at the positives, but there's always some negatives that we got to uh, look to to get better at. Uh, we still got to treat this as a training camp. No matter what the score of the game, we're trying to get better every night. And uh, we got to focus on the details. We want to be successful this year. I guess the fourth game kind of means the halfway point. If you're looking at just the exhibition schedule, kind of grade out things. What's gone well? What, what's, what needs to be shored up quickly here? Um, you know, I think, our, I think we're coming together pretty well. Um, guys are understanding their roles uh, from the start. And uh, defensively, we're really buying in. We're, we're trying. You know, we're, we're still making some mistakes, which is going to happen. But... At the same time, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to be in the right spots. And that's just repetition. Um, so halfway through, I'd say we're doing pretty good. The first half against the Hawks on Sunday, is that the most comfortable you've been so far? Yeah, I think so. Um, it helps to get a bucket off right off the start. Um, but just still getting, getting used to playing with these guys. More, more time is, is helping me get a little more relaxed out there and getting used to playing the game again. Um, you know, it's been a while since, since last season when uh, you have a long off season and uh, just a little different feel when you turn the lights on versus going in practice. So still getting that feel, getting the rhythm, but uh, definitely starting to feel come together. Greg, I felt like maybe you would have a, a bit of a head start because there was some familiar, familiarity between the, the Boston system of defense and, and this one here. Did, did that play out, or has that been overblown a little bit? No, I think there's definitely been a lot of similarities. Um, the language is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, it's, it's the same principles, though. So, um, you know, a lot of coaches preach about defense and talk about how they want to get stops, but um, but coaches here is uh, definitely one of those guys that definitely puts it on into into practice, and we've really been focusing on that in, in our practices. Um, even in these preseason games, we've been we've been trying to guard people, and uh, when you come from that system, when you when you play in that system before, it uh, makes things a lot easier to transition. As I've been watching you guys play defensively here through the first couple of preseason games, you know, from, kind of from where I sit, I'm looking through the guards and at you. Yours is completely opposite. You're actually looking through the guards, kind of back out through. What's your view like with those new players in front of you? Um, it's they're active. Uh, you know, when you can rely on your guys um, out front to to guard their guys one on one, then uh, it puts you in a lot easier spots to be able to come over and block shots, be in the right spots defensively, and, and not put so much pressure on the other guys to help. So as long as we can guard one-on-one and um, keep within that and try not to make our defense help too much, but at the same time knowing that you have your defense behind you so those guys can take a risk here and there if, if they feel like they have it. And I'll just keep going, going and playing hard. All right, Greg, before we get out of here, set the week up for me here because I know there will be a mix, practice, travel, and games, and two more non-NBA cities. Yep. Kind of set it up for me. Um, it's uh, it's part of the gig, you know. That's that's part of the preseason, and uh, we just got to treat it like like the regular season. We got to get comfortable, get a feel for it, and uh, get used to winning on the road. 
um, no matter what city we're in, we gotta we gotta come ready to play, um, knowing that team's gonna give us their best shot, and we gotta go at them. Greg Steams, I think I'm gonna call you the Steamer on there. Steamer you like that? Steamer works. Has that been used before? Yeah, that, that was my nickname all last year too. So. All right, we're gonna use it. I think sounds good. And we're back on the Black and Blue Report right after this. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice? Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and bring the fun and excitement of the NBA to your next birthday party, wedding, or corporate events. The Pelicans dance team, mascot, drum lines, duck team, and inflatable games are available throughout the year to entertain you. To get more information on how you can bring one of our entertainment teams to your event, visit pelicans.com today. Follow on Twitter, won't you, at Sean Kelly Live, or of course follow this program. Producer Dan set up at Black Blue Report for you. That's a good one with regard to uh, show lineups, time changes, and the like. So again, at Sean Kelly Live or at Black Blue Report. You can even do Producer Dan's personal Twitter, which is at D Salerson as well. Uh, and he's a good one as well because he's in the studio for all of our Pelicans broadcast and is making sure to get uh, good Saints coverage for you, too. All right, speaking of Saints coverage, as promised, let's start wrapping up today's show. And here in our last two segments, we'll let you listen in to some of the Sean Payton Monday morning presser. Uh, overall mood and the spirits were good. Obviously, it was a tough loss. And, you know, when when you do it long enough, they understand that there's going to be some games like that where you're, you know, wrestling over one specific play and or one sequence of plays. We certainly do that as coaches. And uh, I, I, like I told them after the game, I was uh, I was proud of how they played in the second half specifically. That was something we talked about at halftime of you know going out there and eliminating some of the mistakes. And you know we were able to get the stops defensively. We weren't able to obviously uh, get that one first down we needed and, and gave them. Uh, uh, an opportunity to to go ahead and win the game, which they did, and they made a, a, a real good play. But you know, we uh, we move on from that one here fairly soon and, and get focused towards Buffalo. Um, 
Wednesday be the next time I think we see uh, you guys at practice. Any questions? Are there any particular calls you're wrestling with on those last two? No, there's. Look, it's just the decision philosophically, run or pass. You, you know, what I mean, knowing that when you when you throw it, you know, there's potential clock stoppage and, and uh, basically that. Sean, it looks like if if 95 had not stayed home, that Drew would have gotten first down. Did it, did it appear that way to you? Yeah, that, that's one of those. Uh, it's hard to tell. That I mean, it's a good question. It's it's one of those. Low risk reward plays. You know, you know you're going to keep the clock moving. If and it probably has a chance, maybe even being a little bit more effective on first or second down. We've done it probably two or three times here, and typically the result is either all or nothing. I mean, you know, the, the end closes and you have a chance. Uh, it's hard to tell on that angle though if the if uh, we're going to get the yardage necessary, but. But we know the clock's going to keep moving, so it's it's kind of that's the, the thought behind it. So would you rather would you rather see everybody in organization not obsess over a short sequence of plays and kind of evaluate the game as a whole? And say that again. Would you rather you the coaches and the players not obsess over a short sequence of plays like it is the you know instinct to do and kind of evaluate the game as a whole? Well, look, I think we're taught to evaluate all the elements of the game, and. You know, I thought one of the things that was important is we ran the ball well in the second half. And so, uh, you know, something as simple as looking at maybe a little bit more of that in the first half. I mean, those are things that I look at. But, you know, you can you can point to the end, the end where you have a chance to win the game. And, and that's certainly something we've been good at and, and something uh, that we've done. I, you know, I, as a play caller, you're paying attention to what you're seeing. And we've gotten some some pretty good stops and you got the turnover in fact uh, you know you so you go back and forth with that and you wrestle with it but I, I think as a, as a coach and our staff you know we try to look look at all the different things that took place during the course of the game uh, how they were defending us uh, in nickel and in base offensively you know their hurry up packages uh, versus our defense and so there was a handful of things that you look close at, you want to improve on, and and uh, you know that's what we'll do. What does this week give you and the staff a chance to do in regards to the first six games? Well, first off, you're able to uh, you're able to, and probably more so now than ever, you're always kind of staying up to date with cutups and tendencies statistically. You know, maybe ten years ago it was a little bit more difficult, but I, I think most importantly is rest. You know, and and uh, especially for our players. You know, this the schedule was was something that, and I've said this to you before. I mean, after seeing Andy Reid in Philly, you know, I don't know what his record was. It was pretty significant. We we kind of shifted to this, where we got you know we got guys away. They've been going for a while, and, uh, and so that's I, I think it's something that, like every team, when when it comes, sometimes it comes earlier, sometimes it comes later. But I think it uh, it'll be a good break for them. Sure. Well, I know you said you didn't want this to linger. Is it pretty much flushed now? Or? Well, you know, it, it always takes a couple days. But the, the thing we ask our players to do, and we've done the last five weeks, is after a win, you know, there's that next day. And then, hey, it's time to move on. I, you know, we have to approach uh, a loss like that very much the same. You know, and so you're, you're looking at it closely, trying to make the corrections, and then uh, 
clearly when we when we get started again next week that'll be the case but yeah i think it's 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 similar to that i know after the game yesterday you were complimentary of the job that the patriots did on jimmy given the fact that everybody talks about this being such a copycat league is it a concern going forward well if if someone has a keep to leave it is <laughs> you know i listen he's playing he got injured i know but uh you know, I said at the beginning of the week, you watch the film on him, he's transitionally, he's been playing very well, strong at the line of scrimmage, good jam and reroute guy. He's got the size. So I, I think it fit in, in, it was something that we kind of expected. And then you just, you know, you, you get into looking at, hey, where are the other matchups? Uh, we had a big play to Ben, for instance, in that first quarter where Tlaib was outside, Ben got matched up on a linebacker. Those, those are some of the things that, you know, we do offensively and, and then find those ways where we can move and, and, and create leverage points for Jimmy. Did you have any, any problem at all for, for whatever reason? That, that, that last play has been dissected on national television by several people about the coverage. On sure the it is, play. yeah. You know, your thoughts on it? Did you have any problem with it or? Look, the, no, the last play, this is, this is distribution of credit, assignment of blame Monday. And and so that's just the industry. And, and no, I, I, I there were so many different plays in that game. Uh, I thought Tom made a great a great location throw. The receiver made a, a real good catch above his head. And um, you, know, you can't beat yourself up over that. Uh, there are a lot of other things. There are a lot of sequences that take place that you can look at. And, uh, no, I, I think. Uh, that was a good play by those guys. Along the same lines, you kind of see in the game, you have calls that go either way, in particular to the false start and Malcolm Jenkins' personal foul. How, how was it explained to you, and how did you look at it after looking um, at it? The two different type of calls. Uh, look, the, the, fourth, the fourth and yard, fourth and one, it's something we've, we've been good with. You know, we'll put it in different personnel. Sometimes we'll have a play we're running, and then sometimes we're not. I think because we have gone for it quite a lot quite a quite a few times on on fourth down brings authenticity to hey uh, a defense last week against chicago we were able to take advantage of that and um look the call went the other way uh, i'll leave it at that um the other the other calls are difficult quick bang bang player safety i get all that um you just you, you know you understand that uh you can't control that, so you, you don't let it consume you. How would you evaluate the first part of the season going into the bye versus what you want to change? Well, I, I said this to the players today. You know, I'm encouraged that there are a handful of things that that we're going to be able to improve on and work on, and we haven't we haven't played our best football, and we're sitting at five and one. You know, you could easily look at a few games that, that may have gone a different direction, but they didn't. And, and I, I like the uh, the work ethic, uh, the competitive nature of this team. I, I like I like it a lot. And I think that you know, getting back after this bye, there, there's a, a few things that we're going to be able to clean up and and work to improve on as we get ready to hit this long stretch of the season. So, uh, you know, five and one, and and. Uh, you know, getting ready for the seventh game. In terms of the blocking technique that the Patriots used on Colette and the last play, I've been hearing grumbling among you know your fans about that. And what would be? Yeah, those are, to that? it's back to you know those are things we can't control. Mm -hmm. Any 
uh, some thoughts on maybe Kyrie Robinson. Do you think he's has he earned more of your trust? Listen, I think um, now the ball came out on a play, uh, and so going against Chicago, for instance, there was a you know we recognized that that was going to be an opportunity for us to run the ball some, and and you know Pierre. Uh, has, has played well up there and was playing well in that game and Kyrie may have uh, we may have thought we were going to get him more touches in that game and I thought he handled the opportunities outstanding yesterday uh, but the ball security just for a young player of understanding how it's different in our league uh, is, is something we'll continue to work on but to answer your question he, he's he's been explosive he's, he's been tough he's been hard-nosed and uh you know, we'll continue to, to look at his snaps and, and evaluate, you know, how he fits each, each, uh, in each game plan. Head coach Sean Payton addressing the media on this Monday following the loss to the New England Patriots. More from coach right after this. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. The hippest senior dance team in the NBA, the Crescent City Classics, presented by People's Health, are ready to show you their moves and teach you a fun routine to perform at a Pelicans home game. The Crescent City Classics Dance Clinics in the month of November are for Pelicans fans over the age of 50, and each participant receives six total hours of dance instruction, a t-shirt, and a ticket to a Pelicans home game. Space is limited. For more info and pricing, visit pelicans.com today. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. Last segment of this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Let's get right back to the Monday morning presser with Saints head coach Sean Payton. I'll let you listen in on some of the highlights from his visit with them today. Well, I, I said this to the players today. You know, I'm encouraged that there are a handful of things that, that we're going to be able to improve on and work on. And... We haven't, we haven't played our best football, and we're sitting at five and one. You know, you could easily look at a few games that, that may have gone a different direction, but they didn't. And, and I, I like the, uh, the work ethic, uh, the competitive nature of this team. I, I like, I like it a lot. And I think that, 
you know, getting back after this buy, there, there's a, a few things that we're going to be able to clean up and and work to improve on as we get ready to hit this long stretch of the season. So, uh, you know, five and one, and and uh, you know, getting ready for the seventh game. In terms of the blocking technique that the Patriots used on Colette and the last play, I've been hearing grumbling among you know your fans about that. What would be your yeah? Those are, to that? It's back to you know, those are things we can't control. Okay. Any uh, some thoughts on maybe Kyrie Robinson? Do you think he's has he earned more of your trust? Listen, I think um, now the ball came out on a play, uh, and so going against Chicago, for instance, there was a you know we recognized that that was going to be an opportunity for us to run the ball some, and and you know Pierre uh, has, has played well up there and was playing well in that game, and Kyrie may have. Uh, we may have thought we were going to get him more touches in that game, and I thought he handled the opportunities outstanding yesterday. Uh, but the ball security, just for a young player, uh, understanding how it's different in our league, uh, is is something we'll continue to work on. But to answer your question, he, he's he's been explosive. He's he's been tough. He's been hard nosed, and uh, you know we'll continue to to look at his snaps. And, and evaluate, you know, how he fits each uh, in each game plan. And with that, we'll bid you adieu here on this Monday. It is the bye week. We'll go heavy Pelicans, heavy LSU Tulane, and there will be more football, I promise you, on the Saints side later on this week. But the Saints do take a break and kind of go dark here for a little bit over the next few days. With that, tomorrow, noon central, the next edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.